All right. Well, I am uh, excited to lead us in our group prayer and meditation this morning. And um, just Sarah is going to be preaching. So just before we get into the meditation, I just uh, just bless Sarah with presence of God and the words of God and the thoughts of God and the mind of Christ would just be in her and through her for all of us. We thank you for the gift you're going to give us this morning, Sarah. Amen. So before we start this meditation, I just invite you to turn off your screen if that is something you would like to do. And I am going to begin recording here. So this is a meditation for the unexpected unexpected. I mean, we've been living in unprecedented times for long enough that surely, surely by now, they are at least precedented unprecedented times. It's easy to get pulled away from the present moment at the best of times, let alone during a once in a lifetime, never before experienced global pandemic. Emotions and experiences can often just feel too big to deal with right now. It's easy, it's, it's understandable that we sometimes slip into unhelpful future tripping or the trap of trying to reinvent the past. I know for me, I'm, I'm leaving the present moment when I start fixating on thoughts that sound like I thought it would, or we should have, or I wanted this. I was hoping, I had hoped. When this happens, if this had happened, if we could have, if I can. In those moments, I move away from peace and patience and self-control and goodness and life-giving hope. And I find myself trying to control or manipulate. I spend hours doom scrolling and second guessing when what I need to do is notice make room for emotions, and reconnect with love. Maybe you can relate. I feel like I'm constantly being invited with every change, every new restriction to go on an inward journey. You know, when, when hospitality isn't available, well, how do I be a good host to myself? When, when I can't get that physical connection, how do I connect with myself? When everything outside me feels chaotic, how do I soothe the chaos in me? But the point of that inward connection is not to become this strong, independent individual who doesn't need people. The point is to learn to host yourself well so that you can give and receive love like Jesus does. To create awareness, healing, and wholeness within us so that we can be connected communities that overflow with spacious love and acceptance that comes from God's love within us. So today, we want to partner with the love of God that is found when we are present in the now and give ourselves kind and compassionate attention to those emotions, thoughts, and feelings that arise. We are preparing and building capacity in our hearts to stay open to love love of self, love of others, love of God. 
So I want to do a hybrid practice of Lectio Divina within an imaginative prayer context. So I invite you to get yourself into a comfortable position. Close your eyes if it feels helpful. And I invite you to place your hand on your heart or maybe just to rest your open hands on your lap. Whatever posture will help you feel ready to receive. I want you to take a deep breath. And I want you to imagine a place of peace and rest where you can meet with the source of love. Maybe it's Jesus, God, Holy Spirit. Whatever feels like the right invitation for this morning, go with that. So I'm going to read through this Bible verse uh, four times, followed, uh, prefacing it with a question. Notice the words that stand out to you and notice what love is inviting you into. And if you just feel like, oh, this isn't for you, maybe ask how it might be inviting you to hold that space for someone else. So the first question, is there a word here that touches your life right now? Reading from Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And in that place of peace, in the presence of love, I invite you again to consider the challenge in this connection to your life. As I read again. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff that comfort me. In that place of peace, I invite you to consider what is the gift in this connection to your life. As I read one more time. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. And finally, what response are you being invited into? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When you're ready, I invite you to open your eyes, take a deep cleansing breath, maybe express gratitude for this present moment. And I just bless you with the presence of love in your life today, even though 
there is so much unexpected, unexpected. When you're ready, you can turn on your screens and return to the group. I'm so glad to have shared this time with you this morning. Over to you, Sarah. Thanks, Karina. Good morning. It's uh, it's cool to be here. Um, it's uh, lovely to see your faces. Uh, we are on the last week of the Beatitudes series. It has been a deep and rich experience. It has been thought-provoking in its content and the conversations afterwards have been amazing. Um, just hearing people then apply stuff to how they live, um, that has kind of put, I don't know, some kind of weight behind everything. It's a little hard to know how to wrap up everything um, as I have the last speak, but I'm going to give it a go. Um, and it's a little bit hard to wrap up because it's actually not the end of what Jesus has to say. It's actually just the beginning. The Beatitudes are like his thesis statement. It's not an exhaustive list. Jesus doesn't cover every category of person who is blessed and what is true of them in the kingdom of God. How could he? He was responding to the situation in front of him. As we apply this to the kingdom of heaven here and now, so how can we apply this to ourselves and to the situation in front of us? The Beatitudes should inspire us to use our imaginations to fill in the gaps and imagine who else might be included in the list of blessedness or wholeness or connection to the source. The verses that I have from today are the last two verses in the Beatitudes section of the Sermon on the Mount. And they're a little different to the previous eight Beatitudes because it's more of an extension of the one that Saskia talked about last week. And it has a slightly different format. So um, here are the verses that we've talked about already. Blessed are those who are spiritually needy. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Blessed are those who are sad. They will be comforted. Blessed are those who are humble. They will be given the earth. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for what is right. They will be filled. Blessed are those who show mercy. They will be shown mercy. Blessed are those whose hearts are pure. They will see God. Blessed are those who make peace. They will be called children of God. Blessed are those who suffer for doing what is right. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Did you hear all the theys and the thems in that? At times this list might have seemed a little bit academic or a bit of an abstract exercise. Our speakers have done a really wonderful job of making it applicable and the conversations afterwards that have followed each week have really brought it home and made it practical. But you could read it like a, like a theoretical exercise. But in these last two verses that I have for today, Jesus changes tack. He looks the disciples straight in the eye and addresses them and consequently us. So this is Matthew 5 verse 11. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. See how he's changed it? It's not they anymore. It's you. Not only that, the message says, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. Um, adults has been tracking parallel with kids in this season and the way I interpreted these verses for them today was this healed and whole or blessed are you when people hate you and do nasty things to you and say bad things about you because you follow Jesus. 
This is not they and them anymore. This is you. This is me. He's challenging the disciples and he's challenging us with this expansion. We could just step back from the rest. We could observe if we wanted to, but this, he looks straight at them. He looks them in the eye and he says, are you ready? This is where it gets real. I can't remember quite how long it's been, but it's been a while since we started saying out loud from the front what we believe at the bridge. We've come to see that God is love and way more inclusive than we had previously made God out to be. And it has made some people really mad at us. We have lost relationships with church members, family members, co-workers. We've lost money, uh, among, among other things that have been lost in this season. Because we believe this to be the work of God among us. And this is the life and the love and the good news that he's given us to share. It has been fierce and it has been painful at times, but Jesus says that when that happens, it's a blessing. <laughs> but you know what? It hasn't always felt like a blessing. In fact, entirely the opposite. It has not felt like a blessing, but I think perhaps that's because I've misunderstood what blessing is. When we are put down or thrown out or left out or spoken about falsely because we are following the way of Jesus as best we know how, it doesn't feel like a blessing. But listen, to everyone else, listen to what everyone else has said about what it means to be blessed. And I think I'd kind of, I, I kind of got it wrong. There are other words used to translate the term blessed that can be translated as enriched or whole and complete or ripe, happy, aligned with God, tuned to the source, healthy, unhealed. These other ways open up what Jesus is talking about. So how about we say it like this instead? You are tuned to the source and it's a confirmation that you're aligned with God's ways when you are put down, thrown out, or spoken about falsely because you follow the way of Jesus. That stuff happens when we are following the way of Jesus and we are not alone in it. My message today is entitled, Even Though. But before we go on to the promise that Jesus follows up, let's just imagine for a moment the reaction of the disciples. They look at each other with raised eyebrows. The question in every head and every heart is what have we gotten ourselves into? It sounds like this following Jesus gig is not going to be a smooth road. And they would be right. Following Jesus is not easy. Hands up if following Jesus has been straightforward and easy. And you've never wondered what you've gotten yourself into. Dean, you're lying. I can't imagine that anyone didn't raise their hands. If you did raise your hand, perhaps you've only just started following Jesus this morning and there hasn't quite been time yet. Anyone with any length of time in this game will tell you it isn't a breeze. And Jesus is letting the disciples know from the outset, this is what it's gonna be like. He's turning the good list that he's been given, the list of Beatitudes that they've been nodding along to and kind of abstractly agreeing with, and he's turning it on them. This statement and the Beatitudes that came before are like the terms and conditions. You know, um, you know those things that you read before you agree to something on the internet, right? Yeah, right, nobody reads those things. Everybody just skips to the bottom. I accept. You check the, bo the box that says, I am not a robot. You identify all the crosswalks in the picture. I've always, worried, I've always wondered, like, am I missing something? 
when those things i hate that when they say find all the vehicles and then it goes no try again you're like what did i miss anyway you've checked those boxes you've checked the i have read the terms and conditions without actually reading the terms and conditions and blindly step into the way of life we do it on the internet because we love the product we follow jesus in the same way because he's won our hearts or intrigued us enough to join him on the journey and we just kind of skip over the terms and conditions because love like that or impatience with details just overrides caution and then life happens we start following the way of jesus and people say that we've changed some like the way we've changed but others are mad about it or they think it's a phase and we'll get over it we'll grow up and realize that the old way was the way and that the way that we are now on is a slippery slope. Man, I hate that expression. We start following the way of Jesus and we start thinking about other people differently. Like Saskia said last week, we start to see others with humanity and dignity. We start to see everyone as bearers of the image of God. And by everyone, I mean everyone as bearers of the image of God. And that can upset the balance of how society works. And it can make us seem like we're out of step with how the world works or worse, upset the balance of our family or faith community. We start following Jesus and we become more merciful and kind and generous, inclusive and peacemaking. And this can really annoy those who aren't on the same track or who think that we're taking this whole thing a little too far. Where is the wrath, they ask? And they throw the accusation, you care more about love than justice. I actually had that one. It was a little painful. We start to follow Jesus and the systems of the earth make less sense to us. The world systems that support the privileged and trample on those who are less so don't work anymore. And the world system and those who belong to it get a bit bothered by that. Insert your own phrase for a bit bothered as you've experienced it. And this is because the way of Jesus is countercultural to all man-made cultures. Even man's most altruistic systems don't hand a can hold a candle to the way of Jesus. In Jesus's way, the poor and persecuted belong in the kingdom of heaven. The meek and the gentle inherit the earth. The seekers of righteousness are filled. The pure in heart and the peacemakers are children of God. The merciful are shown mercy and those who weep are comforted. And when we live like it's true, we run the risk of really upsetting the balance. And it's a case of when that happens, not if that happens. And when that happens, Jesus says this to us, count yourselves blessed. Count yourselves connected to the source. Every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. If you've been put down for being too loving and inclusive, you are not alone and you are very welcome here. If you've been thrown out for being too merciful, you are among friends and you are very welcome here. If you've been lied about, spoken about badly or discredited for being generous, merciful and accepting, then you're going to fit right in. You are very welcome here because this is the way of Jesus and this is the way we are trying to follow. And now Jesus tells us what we think when that happens. And this is what he says. It's shocking. He says, rejoice and be glad 
rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you the message says you can be glad when that happens give a cheer even for though they don't like it i do and all heaven applauds and know that you're in good company my prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble rejoice the disciples i can imagine them looking at each other i'm sorry what Rejoice and be glad. What? This is the even though. Even though all that stuff has come against you, rejoice. Because even though the world system rises up against you, God rises up for you and all heaven applauds. Let me say that again slowly. Even though you've been put down, thrown out, or spoken against because of following the way of Jesus as best you knew how, even though all that stuff has happened, Rejoice and be glad. Give a cheer even, because though the world system rises up against you, God rises up for you. Later on in John 15, Jesus expanded on the idea for his friends and he said, If you find that the world despises you, remember that before it despised you, it first despised me. If you were a product of the world order, then it would love you. But you're not a product of the world because I've taken you out of it and it despises you for that very reason. Don't forget what I've spoken to you. A servant is not greater than the master. If I was mistreated, you should expect nothing less. If they accept it, accepted what I had spoken, then they will also hear you. Everything they do to you, they will do on my account because they do not know the one who has sent me. I will send a great helper to you from the father, one known as the spirit of truth. He comes from the Father and will point to the truth as it concerns me. But you will also point others to the truth about my identity because you have journeyed with me since this all began. The good news for those who are put down, thrown out and spoken against is we are journeying with Jesus. We are not alone. Being put down and thrown out and spoken against happened to Jesus to death. It happened to the prophets often to death as well. Yeah, maybe the to death thing isn't so encouraging. But then again, this is the terms and conditions. Maybe to death is what it is. Jesus doesn't sugarcoat this at all. Following Jesus is, at the very least, to the death of our old way of living that lines up comfortably with the way of the world. So let me try the good news again. When we're put down, thrown out and spoken against, we are in tune with the source standing hand in hand with Jesus and lined up with the prophets that have gone before us because we follow the way of Jesus and that should make us glad. The Beatitudes call us to live differently. The terms and conditions are something that we have to decide if we want to sign on to. Mary Oliver wrote a poem called The Summer Day and I'm just going to quote a few lines from it as a question to us as we look Jesus in the eye as he lays out this final thing in the Beatitudes for us. This is what she, she wrote. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Even though, even though you're put down, even though you're thrown out, even though you are spoken against, even though, what will you do with your one wild and precious life? I wonder what your even though is. Um, I want us to think for a minute about um, 
our sadnesses, our uncertainties or worrisome things and put them into a psalm. Um, that's why I got you to get paper and pencil. If you have a paper and pen, now is the time to grab it. If you are listening or watching this later, pause, get a pen and paper, and then we're going to do this together. So if you're ready, it goes like this. Um, I, I did this in a book club um, by led by Tanya Marlowe, uh, who's an author of a book that I love, and um, I just thought it'd be cool that we did it together. So it goes like this. First thing, write down three things on earth that you are sure of. I can give you an example. Mine, uh, my first one is that the sun will rise every morning. Another one I have is the solidity of mountains. So write down three things on earth that you're sure of. Okay, so three things on earth that you are certain of or sure of. We good? Okay. Okay, the next thing. Three things that you find comforting. So, for example, I have a hot cup of tea and a piece of cake. So three things that you find comforting. Another of mine is a warm, dry place to listen to the rainfall. So three things that you find comforting. Okay. Got it. All right. Three things. Oh, no, sorry. Not three things this time. One thing. One thing about you that is positive. One thing about you that you like about yourself or is an admirable quality. So I, I've said like creativity is mine, but something about you that is positive. Okay, so that was one thing about you that is positive. And then finally, three sad, uncertain or worrisome things. So it might be obvious, but like I've got global pandemic as one of mine. So three sad, uncertain or worrisome things. Okay, so three sad or uncertain or worrisome things. So we, you should have uh, three lists of three, three things that you're sure of, three things that are comforting, three sad, uncertain or worrisome things and something about yourself that you like or that is positive. And we are going to shape those into a psalm, which goes like this. 
So uh, let me give you my example. So um, we are going to take the when I think about and choose one of your sad and or worrisome or uncertain things. So when I think about um, being dismissed because I'm too loving of those who are not perceived as acceptable. And then the next line, choose one of your things from your certain things. And we're going to turn it on to God. You are as predictable as the sun that rises every morning. So when I think about being dismissed because I'm too loving of those who are not perceived as acceptable, you are as predictable as the sun that rises every morning. And then take one of your comfort things and turn it into a prayer. So nourish me like a hot cup of tea and a piece of cake. Or comfort me like... So you take your sad or worrisome thing, and then your sure thing, make it a statement about God, and then your comforting thing, make that a request to God. So do that with one, and then go through and do it again with another set. So I have, when I think about the global pandemic, you are as solid and unmoving as the mountains around me. Be a warm and dry place to listen to the rainfall. When I think about your sad or uncertain thing, then tell God you are as, or you are like one of your solid things. And then be a, one of your comforting things. And then do it again for the third thing in your lists. When I think about, you are like, be my. And then finally, finish with a statement that uses the positive thing that you wrote about yourself as an aspect of who God is, because he made you that way. So mine is, I am creative. So my line says, you are the creator who breathes life into everything. So whatever your positive thing is, turn it into a, a praise of God. Are we good? All done? You just wrote a psalm. Look at you. <laughs> okay, so now that it's written, read it again. Read it slowly and pray it. When I did this the first time, when I uh, was led through it, this actually made me cry. So, uh, Go for it. Read your psalm again and pray it.
I think this is a way we can bring our even those. We can bring our even though these things are happening, God, you are this. Be this for us. Even though you are this, be this. Even though you are this, be this. And let's um, finish by reading the Beatitudes again. I'm going to ask Dean and Janine to finish this whole thing off with reading a less familiar translation of the Beatitudes so we can listen to these blessings and promises in a different way. These have been translated from the Aramaic by Neil Douglas Klotz. Vasquez read it last week and I, uh, I looked at them and I was like, whoa, these are good. So uh, we're going to end with that today and I'm going to kind of intersperse a little bit too. So let's unmute them. All right. Cool. So now when he saw the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, as Moses had done before him, and he sat down, as Jewish teachers of his day usually did. His disciples gathered around him, and he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who devoutly hold fast to the spirit of life. Holding them is the cosmic ruler of all that shines and rises. Blessed are those who mourn. Healthy are those weak and overextended for their purpose. They shall feel their inner flow of strength return. Blessed are the meek. Aligned with the one are the humble, those submitted to God's will. They shall be gifted with the product productivity of the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Aligned with the one are those who wait up at night weakened and dried out inside by the unnatural state of the world. They shall receive satisfaction. Blessed are the merciful. Healthy and healed are those who extend grace. They shall find their own prayers answered. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. Aligned with the one are those whose lives radiate from a core of love. They shall see God everywhere. Blessed are the peacemakers. Healed are those who bear the fruit of sympathy and safety for all. They shall hasten the coming of God's new creation. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Tuned to the source are those persecuted for trying to right society's balance. To them belongs the coming kingdom. Blessed are you when. Blessed are you. Blessed are all of you when people persecute you or denigrate you or despise you or tell lies about you on my account. Or when this happens, rejoice. Be glad. God's prophets have been persecuted in the past and know that in heaven you have a great reward. Thanks, guys. So I have two questions for you to ponder this week. Maybe we can talk about it now, but you might need a bit of time to think about it. The first question is, how does this list of blessings and promises that Jesus gave us in the Beatitudes affect the choices that we make about how we live? How does this list of blessings and promises that Jesus gave us in the Beatitudes affect the choices that we make about how we live? And which of the Beatitudes have you found the most challenging? And what might that mean you need to do to live the kingdom of heaven on earth? So let's pray. 
Jesus, we meet your gaze as you speak to us. We've heard your challenge and spent time thinking about this manifesto of the kingdom of heaven on earth, and it has caused us to really dig deep. I thank you for everyone who has spoken through this series, Dean, Brad, Eden, Safi, Iman, Karina and Saskia, and all the others who've commented and taken part in our conversations after the messages. Thank you for the ways that they've challenged our hearts and minds and lives. May we realize our need of you. May we sit with those who mourn. May we be humble and gentle. May we look to do what is right. May we be merciful as you are merciful. May we be pure in heart and makers of peace. May we work to make life better for those who are persecuted. And remember that when we are put down and thrown out or spoken against, we are in very good company. We rejoice that we walk with you, that we walk hand in hand with you, and that the prophets that went before us are cheering us on. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We're in Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Dean, I'm going to hand it back to you because my screen's a bit of a gong show, truth be told. All right, great. Thanks, Sarah. Hey, I appreciate that. And I'd uh, just like to open it up for comments. Uh, you know, what would be your, your one takeaway here from what Sarah shared? That was really awesome, Sarah. Appreciate that. Will be first. What's your what's your takeaway? We can wait here all day. I'll go first. Okay. Um, well, it started with uh, Karina's um, lectio and um, the word. I got, the words I got stuck on was even though, and it was like the answer for each one, except for the last thing, keep walking. And it led in like perfectly into Sarah's talk and the conclusion, yeah. conclusions that she brought us to. And, and it's just to keep walking, like just keep moving through, even though yeah. all that other stuff is going on. And it helps us to rise above our, circumstances and getting caught up in being a victim and all the other things that um, we can so easily uh, be absorbed into and by. Um, so thank you. Um, this was a really good service and um, I appreciate both Karina and Sarah's part in this and like taking like maybe the toughest passage of this whole thing and just bringing uh, light to it. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, Eden, the, uh, the even though thing. So it makes me want to say, hey, way to go, everyone. All of you are courageous. You're, you're, you're carrying on, getting up every day, doing what you can. You know, it's the courage to keep going. That's, that's awesome. Someone else? What's your takeaway? What's one thing that stood out to you?
Um, for me, um, I really enjoyed this process, Sarah. I wouldn't mind having that written down because I think what it does is it it uh, quieted my heart anyways. And like you said, it, it gives you a chance to reflect. And uh, depending on what you're going through, I think taking few minutes to to walk through this and, and make it personal is, is very um, enriching and comforting so thank you cool yeah I, I will um I'll I'll type it out and send it out yeah great exercise uh, for people to do and for us to do like trying to find creative ways to do worship and do things on screen that was a good one Sarah you're showing up now yeah, now you're here, sir, and you're live and normal. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. The, the joys of technology. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I love that image um, of the Dark Valley, a Dark Valley, where, where yeah, I don't like the image of the Dark Valley, but, you know, sometimes that's kind of where we find ourselves. And um, I, I love that whole process, Sarah, that you were talking about, you know, taking some of the positives and, the negatives and balancing those things out. I mean, because truthfully, you know, when you go into the dark valley, you can you can be disorientated. Yeah. Um, but I think that whole thing of, I know this is what's happening. I'm going to keep walking because I, you know, I know that God is with me, even if I can't see him, even if I can't feel him, you know. And uh, I always remember someone, I can't remember who it was that said in a, in a dark valley or in a shadow, if there's a shadow somewhere, there's always a light. So, um, it's something to hold on to when, when darkness closes in around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just, uh, you know, I, it's interesting to hear that, you know, that whole thing about it's not easy. This isn't going to be easy. This walk with Jesus is not going to be easy. If we hold to the things that are true, it doesn't mean that we're going to have an easy time. Um, but it's it's comforting to know that um, he's there with us in, in the times of suffering. Um, and is our our guiding light in times of darkness. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. That's really good. So, yeah, just what's your takeaway, even from this hour we've spent together? It can be Sarah's talk or the meditation, as we've heard, or just... We always got to have one takeaway. Sarah, I just appreciated... um just the vulnerability of your message, like, like just going into things that have been really difficult. And, um, and I think what I, what I, what I heard from you was the power of, and as opposed to the power of, but we, we often, um, I'm thinking Hillary McBride is somebody that I follow on, um, Instagram. She's a wonderful therapist. And she just posted the other day, it's a beautiful thing to know we have enough space inside to feel multiple things at the same time without the complexity making any one of them unimportant or less valuable. And I just heard you reminding us that we that that God being with us in our difficulty doesn't mean that our difficulty doesn't matter. Like God doesn't be like, it doesn't matter now I'm here. It's like, no, I'm here. And this matters like this experience that you're having. um, I feel like it's just, it's like the difference between and and, but is the difference between spiritual bypassing and spiritual presence. And, and so I just thank you for that really powerful reminder, even though, and God is with us. Um, 
And it's just, it was great. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Yeah, it's good. Good language. Good language makes a big difference. That's, that's, you know, the whole point of nonviolent communication, right? Just using really good words. Someone else? Anybody want to answer the question Sarah put there, which of the Beatitudes have you found the most challenging and what might that mean you need to do? To I was live? just going to say that was all good this morning, but I particularly enjoyed Steve and Sarah running around the house. That was the best part for me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, that was a good laugh. <laughs> that might have been a good laugh from where you were standing. I know you are still sitting. The funny you did well. thing is, is that's when your screen was the clearest when you were moving. And uh, yeah, I think that was the worst rescue package in the whole of history of the church, I think. <laughs> but we tried, right? <laughs> what I love about that whole scenario was that nobody was freaking out except for you, Sarah. And, um, and it was just like, this is just church as usual for us. Something's going to go wrong and we aren't surprised by it in the least. Right. And there's just yeah. lots of mercy and lots of grace for everybody. Everyone's just sitting there laughing at Josh. said, this is just 2020. It's just how it is. Yeah. Something's going to go wrong. We might as well get it over with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just pour a little more wine in that communion cup and. No. I should have, maybe I should have had the wine. I decided to have coffee instead this morning. I should have had the wine. It can only go up from here. <laughs> okay, so then uh, I think that's it, Sarah. And Yeah, let's just um, leave you with those questions. Um, yeah, how does the list of blessings and promises that Jesus gave us in the Beatitudes affect the choices that we make about how we live? Like those things, like, but, like, it's okay to talk about it, but if it doesn't make any difference tomorrow morning, then we might as well all have had just another cup of coffee this morning and not gathered. But I love the fact that we are here and we are gathered and that we're all doing our best to follow Jesus and that is, that's all we can do. So thanks for doing it too. Thanks for um, being people that we can walk alongside with and do it. Josh says we're doing church and having another cup of coffee. And that's absolutely true. Party on. And don't forget next week, we've got Scott Erickson joining us. That is going to be amazing. He is a fantastic communicator. And uh, if you've read any of the book, he just, he really views the world in a marvelous way and so it'll be a great one if you want to and have an, a zoom invitation to send out it'll be a great week for that but um yeah it'll be an it'll be a new zoom invitation this week coming um and it'll have a password on it so um it, it'll be a longer thing um but you'll have that you'll be able to pass it on to anybody you want to to invite them to join us and i hope everybody here's got their book yeah, there are a few still, those of you that pre-ordered and prepaid, we, I think we still have four or five that haven't come to pick it up. So um, I think Josh sent out an email 
last week. So do check your inboxes for something from Josh or from myself and get in touch. We have a lovely contactless pickup system <laughs> that, that we're, uh, it'll just be hung on the door with care. So you can come whenever you want to arrange that with us. And there's no pressure to have read the whole book ahead. You know, if you want to read the introduction, that'd be cool. But um, there's no pressure. If you, I mean, if you want to read the whole book, then go for it because it's awesome. But, um, you know, let's, let's use this and spread it out through Advent. So read the intro if you want to, and then we'll see where Scott takes us next week when he joins us. You, uh, if you go to the chat, the blue highlighted part for yourself, scroll down um, on that and find everyone because what you're doing is you're messaging and it's only coming to me. It's, it's staying in a private kind of thing. So if you click on the arrow, go all the way up to send chat to everyone. Oh, now we're all really intrigued. <laughs> oh, he said some amazing things to us all morning. <laughs> and that'll switch it so that you can, your, mess, your chats will go into everyone. Because it's been just coming to me privately. Try it. No? Or unmute. Unmute and tell us. I got nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I was just trying what you said. So you go to the blue where you type yeah. message. Yeah. Click on the arrow. Well, and then scroll up. Maybe your daughter Megan can come over and help you. <laughs> I'm gonna say I can I can show you how to do it at work tomorrow. <laughs> All right. And it might look different, like his interface might look different on his oh, computer than it does on yours. So sometimes that works, but sometimes it just makes it but right. Hugh, send us off. Give us the Sela moment. <laughs> you know, I, I was just saying to Pam. I, I was, I'm just feeling really emotional today. Um, I'm trying to process everything that was being said. I loved uh, being able to take uh, what Sarah said, writing it down and putting it into a poem. And uh, as I started to do that, I started to feel overwhelmed. Mm. And um, I, uh, something that I recognize is that uh, part of my gifting or part of what I feel God's given me is encouragement. And I'm feeling like I'm beginning to crack a little bit hmm. uh, where um, I guess I feel I need to, to encourage others or not feel that's just, I love doing that. That's just part of who I am. But hearing what you were sharing this morning, Sarah, I'm processing and, and that, just asking dad, what's, what am I supposed to be receiving in all of this? So, so thank you. I appreciate that. I always love uh, hearing you share Sarah. Um, as I, I love hearing all of the folks that we have, but there's something pertinent, Sarah, when you share, and I, I think I've said you before, maybe it's because of our British connection, maybe. but uh, I just love that. So Bless you all this week. And uh, I look forward to hearing more next week. <laughs>
Cool. And that about that about wraps it up. Yeah. We take your blessing. Thank you. Go out into the world of it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Or rather, don't go out into the world of it. We actually just <laughs> think yeah. you know. No, I don't. <laughs> no, don't go out in the world. Then. Or if you are, wear a mask. Okay. Love you all. Thank you. So long. <laughs>